if we don't define the success criteria before we start the collaboration, it's really like uncomfortable at the end of the collaboration where it's like, I had this many impressions and this many comments, but did that contribute to your goal of wanting to increase sales? Did it contribute to your goal of growing follower count for your page? Like we finish our campaign, I send you my analytics, but what did we define as success? Hello and welcome to the Optimized Store Owners Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron, and Christian, we want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Hey, all, I hope you're doing well. Today's episode is one that's really exciting because Aaron and I have known each other for about two years now and over on the app called Clubhouse and it's just now come to fruition where we're able to have a conversation. She's a content creator and she really reveals a lot about what it takes to work with a content creator, what to do to get the best out of them, but more importantly, how much does it cost? How do you communicate with them? What's the best approaches? How can you generate real revenue? How do you track that revenue? This episode was super value-packed. It's really conversational. It's got actionable advice, and I know you guys are going to love it and love Erin. She's so fun. Uh, enjoy. All right. Erin, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Super excited. Absolutely. So we, like we were just saying uh, before that started recording, it's been a, it's been about two years in the making here. We've had early conversations on what was the, now I'm thinking about what the name of that platform was called. The Clubhouse. voice platform. Clubhouse. Yes. So met on Clubhouse and then just had several conversations inside of rooms. And then I feel like I've just been following you and in, in what you've been doing, creating content. You've been doing an amazing job. And so I wanted to have you on to talk about maybe, we, I mean, really the whole gamut as far as like how people can use user-generated content, how people create content, like what's the process like? So I guess let's let's start there. How did you get into like one of your first deals or you first started creating content and then we can go from there? Yeah, for sure. So like, I think my very first brand deal was definitely gifted. It was like a bracelet company, like one of those small businesses. But I feel like that's where you really like start building your portfolio. You like always start with gifted. And then from there, you get like some more brands reaching out to you and you start pitching brands, you gain more confidence and you like practice negotiating. And obviously some will fail, some will rise. And then it just kind of goes from there. It starts snowballing. You get more comfortable negotiating with brands and then you throw in more deliverables like UGC, usage, exclusivity, all that stuff. And then it just keeps snowballing. And here we are now. <laughs> So whenever you started, like, uh, I guess whenever you started to create that content, was it, I guess, after gifted anyway, were you using like third-party platforms like Billow or Incense or something like that? Or how did people find out about you? Yeah, so I was definitely on Aspire. I'm pretty sure Aspire was like my first platform that I was on. And then now, even like still today, I still use hashtag paid. I haven't really used too many of the other platforms just because they're more low paying. But I know at the time I used like obviously hashtag paid. I still use Aspire. Coley was a good one. Those were all like really low paying. But again, like good to build up your portfolio. And then from there, I find that just like if I'm working with a brand, other brands will like find me through like these collaborations. They see my platform and like my situation is like a little bit different where I am not afraid to pitch. So 
I would say like 2021, even 2022, majority of my brand collabs were like me pitching. I would say like 75% were me actually finding brand contacts and then emailing them because I never wanted to just sit around and wait for brands to come to me. Obviously now I can like sit a little more because I have like these long-term relationships and like a larger platform. But when I was small, I definitely just like pitched every week, like 10 to 20 pitches, did the whole shebang and just like really tried to get my name out there with these brands. What's so a lot of the people who are listening are on the other side of things. They're, they're the the brand owners, and they're trying to find you guys. They're fi- trying to find those content creators. They're trying to find people for user generated content. Can you give us some of the uh, maybe some parameters that you would say that are good for for brands whenever they're reaching out to you? Like I guess maybe how they find you, which would be a good place there. Do, do you suggest using a third party, or how are they coming about it? And then secondly, what are some things that are kind of like a turnoff for content creators whenever they're reaching out to you? Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions of like how to approach somebody who's going to create content for your brand. Yeah, for sure. So like, I think from what I've heard with the brands that I talked to, a lot of them have found me through like hashtags and locations. So for example, like I'm a Toronto lifestyle creator. So a lot of them say that they found me through like hashtag like Toronto blogger, hashtag Toronto creator. And even on TikTok, I try to like brand myself as a Toronto lifestyle like blogger a lot. Mm. So they find me through like Toronto, things to do in Toronto or like Toronto blogger, kind of same thing. I think like location is really big, especially if you're like a smaller business, you really want to just do like gifting or experiences. I think that's a really great way to find creators. As for things that turn me off, I'm like a pretty like professional person. Like I work nine to five. So if the language of someone reaching out to me isn't like super professional, like I really, really hate it when brands email me like, hey, babe, or like stuff like that. (laughs) You would be surprised like in the beauty industry, like that's pretty big. And it just tells me that they're using like some sort of generator or something. It's automated. Like they don't even put my name in. They don't know anything about me. Like when brands reach out to me, I love when they say like, we really like this specific vlog. Like we really want to work with you and create content similar to this. Or we really liked when you talked about X, Y, Z. And and that's things that you can't like really automate. It's really easy to automate. Like, hello at Aaron22XOXO or hello, babe. Like we really yes. want to work with you. But if there's something personalized in that email, it kind of gives me like the creator ick, if that makes sense. Just like yep. they didn't put any time into like trying to figure out who I am. And you wouldn't believe the amount of times where like brands have reached out to me, we're negotiating, we're talking. And then they asked me for my like shipping address. And then they realize I'm from Canada and they're like, oh, sorry, we can't work with Canadians. We can only work with Americans. Like, but they were the people who reached out to me. So it just kind of showed me like they know nothing about me as like a brand. They know nothing about me as a person because my name is like, like Toronto is plastered everywhere. Canada is plastered everywhere on my platforms. So I feel like when brands don't do their research and they're like same on like the influencer side of we're mass pitching brands can tell when like brands are just like mass reaching out to influencers we can also tell and like i want to create relationships with brands i don't want to create these like random one-off partnerships so like i feel like those are the kinds of things that turn off creators yeah i mean that's really good i i think that i mean what you mentioned there is is something that i've heard from our perspective to other people for like getting a guest on the podcast is like almost don't use a third-party service because the people who you really want, they're like, wait, I want to talk to an actual person. So with that content, with the content creation, like what's it, what's an average like deliverable? Like do you negotiate each one of the, them? Like let's say, uh, let's say for example, it's uh, we work with a lot of clothing stores. 
So a clothing store is like, hey, look, I, I love Aaron. I love your content. I love what you're creating. And I'm, I got a, I got a boutique in Toronto, which actually, you know, as we're talking candidly, I think I actually may have somebody um, who's part of our program that may be a really good fit for you. Uh, just jog my memory. So cool side note for you. I'll try to get a lead <laughs> over to you. But if they're trying to like judge how do they go about this process, they reached out to you. They're like, Hey, look, Aaron, I love what you do. They went through the time, the effort to figure that out or referral, whatever. But then how do they know if what they're getting is quote unquote, a good deal, or if it's like fair on both sides, like how do you negotiate pricing? And then like, how much content do you create for them? Maybe you can give us maybe some ballparks or like how somebody could go about that. Yeah, for sure. So like for me specifically, I like to like do like packages and stuff. I would just like talk to the brands, see what their goals are. I want to make sure I'm helping them reach their goals. So for example, if their goals are just to get like their social media running, I would obviously create a bundle, which is more like social posts versus like, I don't know, like if they wanted like a blog post or something like it just really depends what their goals are. If their goals are sales versus their goals are exposure, there's like different ways, right? Like a feed post isn't really going to help you with exposure, but a reel is because like that's how the algorithm is. Mm -hmm. So I really like to like work with the brands and see how they like what what their goal is at the end of the day and like how I can help them reach it. Um, in terms of like pricing, I have like a pretty standard pricing. Again, this is for like an established brand. I would charge like um, for example, I have a photo, my like base rate is like $250 per photo. Mm-hmm. And then for a video, like a 15 second, 30 second, like TikTok or a reel, that's like 450. And from there, it's like the time that they want it, like for usage. If they're using it for like online ads, it's like 15% per month. But if it's like whitelisting and boosted on my platform, it's like 30% of those base fees I told you yeah. per month. And I find that like that's the most fair because I'm putting in all this time and you're going to like be blasting it on your social media. Like I, I find that that's like the pretty industry standard rate and like the industry standard of like the percentage again, like that's how I valued my work, but there's definitely going to be people who put like so much more like professional cameras and stuff. Like they might charge more or people who are just starting up, they might charge less. But for me, like a lot of my edits on Instagram and stuff, if you've seen my profile, it's really like Photoshop-y. It, it, it takes a lot of time. So that's how right. like I value my content and like, I, I think like it's a pretty fair rate. Like I've worked with tons of brands and they like think that's like a fair rate, right? Because if it wasn't fair, they wouldn't pay it. Um, but yeah, like those are typically my rates. And I, I really like to work with the brand, for example, like if it's a small Toronto boutique, like obviously I'm not charging the same rate as like a Fortune 500 company. Like that doesn't make right. sense. And like, I do a lot of gifting too. Like if it's just like a small Toronto brand, they want to gift me something, like I'll shoot a story up, like no strings attached. Or like if the brand just wants to send me product and if I genuinely love it, like I love sharing things. But the key is that like, I'm always going to be authentic and organic. So if I don't like something, I'm not going to share it with my audience. Cause like that is what's most important to me. Like the relationships I've built and the trust that I've built with my audience is what I think is the most important. So I always take that into consideration too. And with pricing, I would say even like, the products themselves like if it's a little bit more taboo i typically would like charge like a tiny bit more than if Mm. it's something that's like more generic just because it's like a taboo topic it's like harder to talk about sometimes so it really just like depends on what the brand is what their products are and like what their goals are and i definitely like love getting on calls with them i think that's something that like a lot of people don't do is just like email 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 like once you really get to know a person it's easier to like negotiate easier to like have conversations so i love getting on calls and just like seeing what their goals are and making sure that we're like aligned and everything is like mutually beneficial i never want to like take advantage and i never want to be taken advantage of so it's like a really like good balancing act there and then if you 
like what's what does a relationship look like long term? You know, sometimes people just want to do something short term or, or you know whatever. But is there anything that would necessarily change about the relationship if it was long term? Like, would you guys get on a schedule as far as amount like when products are shipped to you, or how would something like that work? Yeah, so like long term relationships I have with brands, I like actually like typically follow the. I obviously follow the brand, but I also like follow like the person that I'm talking to on Instagram. So like I can keep up with them like personally as well. And then just like if they have like monthly product updates or just like anything that's new and upcoming, I love like quarterly emails. Like I typically send my like launcher and collab brands just like quarterly emails. Like, hey, like I saw you release like XYZ in social media. I like would love to get on a call and like see how we can like help and work together and get that like in front of my audience. Or just like checking calls too. I, I think that like a lot of the times when people want to work with brands, they take out like the personal aspect. But I really mm. just love like catching up as well. Like a 15 minute coffee chat with someone and just like learning about their days is I, I think it goes a long way. Like I have brand contacts where, for example, like last time we talked, they said they were going to go to Japan on vacation. And when I just like schedule another coffee chat, I don't even talk about like work. I just want to hear about their like trip to Japan. And it makes that like personal more like yeah like a personal um like relationship and i feel like like those are the ones that end up working well because they know who i am as a person they know what i stand for it's not just like dollar signs everywhere and i think like that's where a lot yeah. of people and a lot of brands just like have that disconnect where they think every interaction is a dollar sign conversation but like i would say when i talk about rates it's probably like 10 percent of like the whole relationship like the other 90 percent is like learning about the brand like making sure what they do is what i stand for as well we're aligned and like just knowing these people personally because like at the end of the day we're all people right yeah what is there anybody who you'd say like if, is somebody quote unquote too small or like if they're just starting out does it make sense to not use like a content creator or can anybody use them or like what's kind of maybe some parameters that people can go off of that you would say that they've seen the most success whenever they reach out to a content creator? Yeah, I would say like there's no such thing as too small because for example, like a brand could be super established, not on social media, but they're just starting to get on social media. It again, like just depends on what their goal is. Like if they only have like 10 followers, their goal is definitely growth. And mm -hmm. there's certain creators that they would want to partner with as opposed to like a brand who wants to push sales. They already have a pretty good like following, but they really want to like drill on selling like a single product. There's different types of creators for different types of like, goals that you have as a brand. So I wouldn't necessarily say there's like a threshold of you shouldn't be reaching out to followers until X, Y, Z. But I will say like, make sure you know, like on the brand side, like know what your goal is and what your products are. Like there's nothing worse than working with the brand, sorry, working with the creator and then you sending the products and the creator being like, so now what, like, what, what do you want? And the brand's like, I don't know, just like put it on your social media. Like, mm if there aren't like a good is if it's not a good scope of work like you might get low quality creators accepting but like higher quality creators not because they know like there's there's no point in this collaboration right now so i would definitely say like just know who, what your goals are and like have a good like scope of work before you reach out to creators okay that's a good that's a good point that i think a lot of people miss is the direction there so do you do you have like a brief outline that you give to people or do they already have a brief or like, how do you like to receive the information about like what they're looking for to collaborate? I know you say you meet with them, but is there anything written or like a, a standard, I guess, from that way that you guys create some process to create the content? 
Yeah, like I love like when brands have briefs ready or like what like the campaign is. Like for example, if the specific campaign is to launch like this lip gloss for spring, it's a lot easier to brainstorm ideas and like deliverables and like ideas from if they already know what this campaign is going to be versus just like, I want this lip gloss, like promote it. Like it doesn't right. make sense, but if they give me like a written, like this, these are the pulses we're looking for a creator for like X, Y, Z, we want one post per month or like, we really want to capitalize on like the summer season, like, like pool parties and stuff. Like if they have a general idea of what they want, it's really easy for me to put my creative ideas too and make like, these align like if they're big on like cruelty free and like I don't know just like yeah if they're like a big cruelty free like I'm gonna make sure the language that I use is not gonna be like I love when people test on animals I don't know but like do you know what I mean like (laughs) it's easier to like align with them when you know what their goals are and like they have everything written for you and then I can ask questions be like do you want this or do you want that and then we can like brainstorm and work together and come up with this campaign with like different deliverables and like timelines and everything as opposed to just being like we want to work together like and what like what do you want from me (laughs) wow yeah i was gonna say i didn't i didn't think about it too much on that side or like the creator side but yeah it's also confusing on what you actually need to do next or like how do i actually create this content that's going to be beneficial for for the brand because then you know it's no longer a win-win situation if they're not clear yeah and like you can't really like define success too right like at the end of the day we finish our campaign i send you my analytics but what did we define as success like i had this many impressions and this many comments but did that contribute to your goal of wanting to increase sales did it contribute to your goal of growing follower count for your page like if we don't define the success criteria before we start the collaboration it's really like uncomfortable at the end of the collaboration where it's like i want to work again but i don't know if our past collaboration is successful or not yeah, did it actually achieve the goal? Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15 minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training whenever somebody's like reaching out to you and they're saying like okay well obviously the the content speaks for itself but do you often talk about like the success of certain campaigns is that like taboo or is it like that's pretty standard like whenever people are asking questions like i want to work with you the content's amazing but did it did it make any money for me did it grow my brand like do you talk about those things or how does how does how do people go about that i guess yeah for sure like i think that's the difference between like a good creator and a great creator it's like they know their worth and they know their numbers so like i have mm-hmm. case studies created for like if a brand wants to know hey aaron like we really liked how you worked with this brand like what was your previous success rate or like what was the success criteria i have like different case studies ready to go where like this was the goal like we wanted to help them gain followers this was my post these were the analytics these were the results or like this brand wanted to generate sales they gave me this code these were the number of sales generated from my code these were the analytics xyz blah 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 like i think having those case studies on hand ready to go is just like really helpful for the brand to understand like okay well we're a pretty similar brand this is probably the result we're gonna get it gives them like a good vision and it gives them confidence in you right like if someone has like five million followers but they sold like two t-shirts it doesn't really matter how many followers they have they can't 
sell. And if that was the goal for that brand, it's probably best not to work with that creator. But the same creator might be able to convert tons of followers for them, right? Like, mm -hmm. just because they didn't sell, that might not be like their strong point, but it might be their strong point to convert followers because they have a really loyal community. So having those case studies of being like, okay, you said you wanted to grow your followers. This was a collab that I did. And this is how many followers that like this brand I was able to convert. So I think like case studies are really helpful at that point. Well, you went to something there that I, I really wanted to harp on, which is what is your thought on amount of follower? Like do the amount of followers are, matter or not? And I think you kind of hit on it a little bit, but maybe we can go in depth because this is a question that I think a lot of people have is that they're really focused on the amount of followers, which may be right or wrong. I don't know. But what's your, what's your take on the amount of followers on whether or not it makes sense for a brand to reach out to that person? Like, is it, is it a certain number they have to hit to? Did the numbers actually matter? I, I don't know. Yeah, like for me personally, and like with all the brands I work with, like follower count has like never been one of the topics of discussion. Like, cool. I know back in the day, it used to always be like, you have to have 10K followers, or like we only work with creators with 100,000 followers. But I think now like community is so much more important than the number of followers. Because again, like it's so easy to buy followers now that I think like engagement and community is so much better. Like someone who has 5 million followers might get a lot of eyes on them. But again, like if that was the brand's goals, like they just wanted like this new lip gloss and they wanted like a million people to see their new lip gloss, that could have been like the campaign they wanted. But if, for example, like they wanted to sell this lip gloss, someone who had like a thousand followers, but is so niche down, like they only talk about lip care products, they're probably going to sell more than like someone who has 5 million followers, but talks about like sports or something like that, yeah. right? Like it's not the right niche and it's not the right community. So I definitely think like if you're a brand, you have to think about, do you want eyes on your product or do you want to sell your products? Like there's no right or wrong answer, but if you do want like a community-based creator, I would say follower count means absolutely nothing. Like you can hmm. have a hundred dedicated super fans of someone who has a thousand followers and someone can have 10 thousand followers and still only have a hundred dedicated super fans and even like 10 million followers they can still only have a hundred dedicated super fans willing to do and buy anything that this person recommends so that's why i say like follower count really means nothing nowadays it's always like that community okay i want to shift gears a little bit to something i think that you do really well which is the community side of things and the content creation obviously that's what you are a content creator i don't want to put you into a box do you call yourself a content creator is that is that really the yeah yeah you can call me a content creator. okay cool i, I feel like it's a compliment but you just never know if people want to identify <laughs> however but you've done a good job of creating a community with the content that you posted how do, how does somebody create a community from that if they are uh, the way i look at it let me take i guess take a step back is as the brand owner i think it's their job to also create a community with the content that they create and then your job right as the other content creator is to help supplement and add trust and just build the brand as well but most of the time content creators not the brand owners do a much better job of engaging a community which is why that they can use their audience to generate sales and revenue how have you done that in the sense like what do you feel like there's the steps or the process to create a community to get good likes to get good engagement on social media like yeah just just take it from there I'll, I'll go open-ended from that how do you feel like yeah that? sounds good i feel like it's really based on being like vulnerable and relatable i think like right now the like polish aesthetic 
like old Instagram is just kind of like out the window. Everyone wants more like authentic and organic. And I think something that I do really well is like I'm not afraid to open up the good, the bad, the scary, the like gross sometimes like I put it all out on social media and it might not be everyone's cup of tea but I think like that's how I've been able to cultivate such like a strong community because they know me like inside and out and my mission statement is all about like empowering people to have internet or confidence and I think like the key is that a lot of people miss is they only show up on their good days and I Mm -hmm. think that's like not super relatable, right? Like we can't be at our 10 out of 10 every single day. And I think something that I do really well and some other creators also do really well is they show up on their bad days too. And they talk about their bad days because I think, for example, if I'm talking about confidence, you would think every single piece of my, of my, like everything I put out has to be about me feeling a hundred and like being confident. But I think there's something about me showing up on days where I don't feel confident and like kind of working through that, that really helps like connect with someone. And when you create that connection is when you start building that community. Like people don't want to follow, like the connection they have with me is not the same as a connection they have with like Justin Bieber. Like they put Justin Bieber mm-hmm. up on a pedestal. They put celebrities up on a pedestal versus like me and other creators that have this community. We're like friends. Like it feels like we're FaceTiming. It feels yeah. like we're talking about personal stuff it's not like i'm a celebrity like if they saw me on the street they wouldn't fangirl they would probably be like hey like do you remember when you had to get that root canal and you start crying on your story aka me like yesterday um that's like more relatable and i feel like that's how you start cultivating that community it's when you're like relatable and people can have those connections with you what, it, what so now i'm curious was the root canal like something that really popped up or what's what is the what uh what piece of content that you created that 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 reached the most amount of people or had the most amount of engagement what were you sharing or what were you talking about yeah it was typically it's typically when something bad happens to me to be honest <laughs> like, so like, i want aaron to be hurt i like yeah we- literally if i'm crying great engagement <laughs> <laughs> um so like i think like the most recent one was i was featured in this like narcity canada article and like if you don't know narcity canada is like this huge like it's like, kind of like city tv like ctv they're just like a like a blog like post but they're like pretty big in canada so I was like featured on it and it was like talking about like hustle culture and stuff and how I like work a couple, like a lot of different jobs to like afford to live in Toronto because it's so expensive. And the comments on my post were like, great. Like it was my community, but then they posted it on their Facebook and like the Karens of the world started mm. like grilling me hard. And like these like old men started like grilling me hard and how like influencing isn't a real job. And if I was a real influencer, I wouldn't have to work a nine to five, blah, 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 blah. So I like took all that, screenshotted all of them and put them on my story and was like, wow, people can be like really mean. And I was really down that day because I was so excited that like Narcity featured me in this article. And I thought it was going to be like this great opportunity, but then it ended up being like so much hate from like irrelevant people that aren't even my ideal audience. And I was just feeling down. I put it on my story and I have never been like more supported by my community like it was crazy the amount of dms that were like flooded saying like literally forget them they're like irrelevant or like they're just jealous or like people don't understand like the older generation doesn't understand that you can make a living if you're not an engineer doctor or a lawyer like there's so many different like career paths and stuff now that i was like so overwhelmed i went from like an extreme low to an extreme high of like feeling so supported and the engagement like was through the roof and I didn't think of anything like I didn't think it would be this huge like piece of engagement I just was sharing my day every single day like I usually do and just so happened that day I was really upset and I that was when I knew like my community is like standing behind me and like they support me and it it was just like a unreal feeling for me to be honest (laughs) that's awesome and I mean I just to kind of pad on that a little bit it's so it is crazy to me that like 
maybe it's because we're in this world that people don't realize that YouTubers could make way more money than uh, an investment banker. So it, it's just, Literally. it's crazy. Um, and it's also good to know that in Canada, you guys have Karens too. I just want to make sure that it wasn't just the U.S. It was Karens that uh, they live big, in Canada. Big Karens in, in Toronto, trust me. <laughs> what? Okay, so this is this hypothetical scenario, but I, I'm just curious of it now, which is if you're starting from zero, and I feel like there's, you know, maybe 10% of 15% of the people who listen to this podcast are like, I'm just now starting my brand. I got to build a community from scratch. Where would you go right now to build a community, to build an audience for a content creator on like which platform or how, how would you go about it and start from scratch? Like, let's say Instagram got mad at you because they're like, look, she lives in Toronto and I don't like Toronto or something. I don't know. But they, they, they took it away. What, how would you do it and where would you go? For sure. So this is like the game plans. So everyone listen up. You should make a new Instagram, first of all. I want you to be on all the platforms. So make the okay. Instagram, make the TikTok, make the YouTube, make the Pinterest. But focus your efforts on TikTok because right now TikTok is literally the easiest platform to grow. The algorithm is still like pushing out new content. So grow on there. But make okay. sure you have all of your accounts, like the exact same account name so people know where to find you. And every single account, you're going to be posting like the same like niche stuff. So if I'm posting on my TikTok and I'm growing, people want to see more of me. They're going to go to my Instagram. And yeah. if that's like similar content, they're going to follow me on Instagram. So you're going to take your TikToks. You're going to go on like SnapTik or something and like download it without like the TikTok logo and watermark. Then you're going to post them on YouTube Shorts, where it's also a great algorithm that's going to help. It's the exact same video, so you don't have to do more work. And then you're going to do the exact same thing and post it on Pinterest. And on Pinterest, you're going to link back to your TikTok or you're going to link back to your Instagram, whatever platform you want to like grow the most. And then you're going to keep like directing people from all your different platforms to your other ones. So like it all helps grow together in like this one big basket as opposed to focusing all your energy on one thing. Because if I find you on TikTok, but I really like you, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. I'm going to follow you on Pinterest. I'm going to follow you on YouTube. And same thing with the other ones. Like, I'm going to find you on Instagram, but I want to see more of you. I'm going to follow you on TikTok. So right now, focus on TikTok because it's the easiest to grow and then diversify your platforms in the sense where you're posting everything on all your other platforms and you're like leading people as you're like funneled to your other platforms to help grow like this community on all your different platforms and make sure no matter what you do, if you're like a new brand or a new creator, you're like being personal and people want to know you like if you're yeah. creating a product like, yeah, I could be creating this lip gloss. I keep holding my lip gloss, but like. <laughs> There's so many lip glosses in the world. Tell me why I should be following you, like the person behind the lip gloss, like the followers. Like, give me your vlogs. Give me your like day to day. Like, what are the struggles? Like, what are the business things that I don't know about? Like, people are so nosy. That's why TikTok is so good for like vlogs and stuff because you get like little snippets of their day. And like, I want to see you packaging this lip gloss and sending it off to someone. Like, I want to see you as a person. I don't really care about your lip gloss. It could be like a mediocre lip gloss, but if I get to like know you as a person, I'm connected to you. I'm more likely wanting to buy your products now. So what you're saying there is that uh, an actual about story, like the the origin and the the who you are, what you are, why you do what you do is, is an important feature, I guess, yes. or a thing that you need to do. Yeah, um, honestly, like more important than the actual product sometimes. <laughs> that's, yeah, I was going to say, that's what I'm kind of, what's what I'm getting out of it. And it, I mean, I, I get it, right? It makes sense because you got like the Kim Kardashians of the world that's, she created a product that a ton of other people probably already had, but she put her name behind it. So now it just sounds like crazy. Um, exactly. Where are you, which platform do you enjoy the most? And then which platform brings you the most amount of revenue right now? Like, just curious. Yeah, I love TikTok. Like TikTok is probably my favorite. I love 
creating vlogs and I like how like fast it is like you can film a TikTok and then post it within like minutes and you don't have to like edit too too much it's more like authentic Mm -hmm. so definitely love TikTok but the platform that gives me the most revenue like probably 80% of my revenue is actually Instagram with Mm -hmm. like brand clubs and all that stuff so in Canada there's like no TikTok creator fund they just like decided not to give Canada that so I can't like monetize on views on TikTok Mm -hmm. so really like brand collabs and like UGC work and stuff like that is like more established on Instagram like because it's just older and longer so brands are more willing to put money behind Instagram collabs than like TikTok collabs I find right now interesting yeah i'm curious as tiktok evolves if that will change a little bit more just like as it matures anyway um where is so i think this is this is a good point to make sure that people go and actually follow you for multiple reasons maybe uh like i said we can get some people to reach out to you to create this amazing content but where is and i can link up everything but where's like an order of preference of where people should go to check you out uh, where you show up the most is it is it TikTok first then Instagram and then it kind of goes down from there or what tell us I would say like I show up the most on Instagram just because I post on like stories every day and I'm always posting things so like that mm-hmm. is probably the highest and like again all my usernames are the same like Aaron 22 XOXO um and then definitely TikTok I post on TikTok every single day then after that like probably like Pinterest YouTube and like Twitter, I like barely post on Twitter. Um, right. But typically like Instagram and TikTok, I'm on like every single day and multiple times a day. Yeah. And the content is so good there too, right? I'm just speaking from personal experience. They just need to go and follow along and just see what you're doing. And I'm just telling people right now, just mimic in your own way a lot of what she's doing to to create something, right? I think one thing that you do really well though too, Erin, is keep up with trends and things that are happening right now. So it's like, okay, if she's talking about this or creating content about it, maybe I should do my own version of it too. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think trends are so important. Like even if they're like silly, goofy trends, that's what like the algorithm is spitting out right now. So like climb that and like ride the wave on the trends. But also, like, if anyone has any questions or anything, I think, like, something that makes me different than other creators is I answer every single DM and I answer every single comment on, like, any one of my platforms. So if you ever have, like, questions about things, like, reach out to me and I'll respond within, like, 24 hours. And that's, like, one of my favorite things about the community is, like, no message goes, like, unnoticed or unheard on my platforms. That And that is unheard of in many different aspects. So I, I appreciate that. Aaron, this was uh, extremely valuable. I would love to get you back on in six, nine months or so. We get some people from our community working with you and just talk about case studies and numbers so that they can even more people can go into this. Because I think one thing I want to make sure that we do is continue to push that brands will grow if they use content creators because it just it adds so many different layers um, for them, right? So great content creation, trust. It also builds like that social proof side of things. Again, that also builds like the the community of people that like, you know, if I started a guy's brand and I try to sell it to women, like it's not going to work. But you, if you created that content, will be able to sell it to women because you're just a different person um, and can tap into different communities. So I, I think that it's going to be a, a really, it, hopefully this wave is just the very beginning of the content creation and content creator wave that we can continue to grow this uh, more and more. So I want to, I want to definitely have you back. Not let's not wait two years to do it though. <laughs> yeah. What, one year. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to come back anytime. I had so much fun. Awesome. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. 
That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBranding and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.